The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Hello again and welcome to another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense with Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert in the house today. How are you, Larry? I'm well, Chris. Good to see you again. Good to be back. Yeah, we've been missing you. We've been missing you. Everything all right with you? What's going on? Everything's good. A little vacation. You know, everybody's allowed time off from time to time. Yeah, well, how come I don't get time off? No, I'm just kidding. I get all You're leading that Spartan life, man. You know? (laughs) You need to chronicle your activities. You're 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 always good, man. That's right. I'm enjoying life, having a good time. It's been good. It's been good. It's the only way to roll, isn't it? Yes, sir. The only way to roll. And if you're a duck, you're checking your wings today, right? Sure, sure. We're gonna get more rain today. Yeah, for a little while it looks like it. Well, we had some really uh, some interesting light shows last night. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, I saw lots of rain. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope everybody's okay and the powers are back on. So yeah. we'll uh, uh, have to get through that. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's good to be back, Chris, and um, uh, good to see you again. So yes, I had sir. a little vacation and lots of fun, but uh, now we're back to work again. So welcome, everybody, to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Now, I usually start to show off each week with uh, what's happening in the markets and the economy a little bit, and we've got all kinds of numbers out. We always have numbers out. Who's kidding who about the markets and the economy and stuff? But, you know, let's just take a look here right now. It's earnings season. You know, the corporations, publicly traded corporations, and the S&P 500 report their quarterly earnings every three months. So April, May, and June, they started reporting in July and August. And as of of, uh, the other day, August 9th, 447 companies have reported in the S&P 500 so far for their second quarter earnings, and it looks pretty good. You know, earnings for the entire index as a whole is expected to increase about 11.9% over a year ago. Um, and then when you strip out energy companies, you know, they always start stripping them all out, you know, and, and, and tweaking the numbers. It's still up 9.2%. So that's good news, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you have to really take a look at sort of some of the big pillars that are holding up the markets and the economy right now, which is what's the Fed doing? What about fiscal policy with the Trump administration? And then, of course, fundamentals and basic blocking and tackling, if you will. What are corporations doing? Are they earning money or are they not earning money? So corporations' earnings are, are coming in nice. Anticipated again next quarter to come in nice as well. So How are our job markets doing? Are they doing well? Job markets are doing pretty well, yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, the the unemployment rate was cut in half. If you take a look at it, you know, from uh, uh, what are the stats here? From uh, July of 
I think it was night oh, 19 but uh, no it was July of 09 there it is mm-hmm. July of 09 we had 14.6 million oh, yeah. people out of work in July of 2017 we're down to 6.98 million yeah, people out nice. of work that's so nice. so yeah the economy the market the, the job market has come back but but what hasn't come back is wages you know wages it's been a, a wageless type of a job recovery if you will uh, in, in in really looking at at all of the numbers there, but people are working again, which is which is good. Leads into some demographics that we're going to talk about today, and also leads into a little bit of uh, disappointing news that's been in the in the uh, economic uh, front pages, if you will. The just a couple little headlines put you know out there that people aren't paying too much attention to. I have been, and that is that inflation pressures have seemed to to subsided. The last couple of reports out is we're not getting as much inflation in the system as we thought we would at this particular point. The Fed is still steadfast, though, on raising rates. So it's going to be kind of an interesting debate here. You know, uh, Fed futures are, are actually uh, moving downward now. There's only about a 40% chance, which still seems high, but only about a 40% chance that we'll see one more rate hike this year. You know, remember, if we don't get inflation pressures and the Fed continues to raise interest rates, that could tip the economy into a stall, and that's not healthy for the economy, not good for jobs, for, for raises, for income, for the stock market, for anything like Would that. Would that push so, us into a recession, or could that do that? Not necessarily. If the economy stalled, then the Fed would stimulate again I got you. Uh, by lowering rates or by doing something or, or postponing rates or, or whatever it may be. But you know they're keeping a very close eye on it now. And uh, with all this stuff with going on with North Korea, we're starting to see a l- – we saw the other day a little bit of money fly out of the market and go into treasuries, which brought the yield down, which gives a little bit of a more flattening uh, on the yield curve. Bottom line is these are some indicators that, that, you know, if you look at them on one particular day, you could go, oh, everything's great, or oh, no, everything's crashing, and that's not the case by any means at all. But these are just little indicators that we look at. Things look pretty strong. The economy is still growing and expanding. We just have a little bit of geopolitical issues going on right now, and hopefully – Cooler heads will prevail, and uh, nothing nothing will come of it. it. You know, nobody wants anything to come of that. Yeah, that's right. That, that that is for sure. So, all in all, you know, bottom line, same theme. Just just continue. Make sure you're diversified. Make sure you understand. You know, c- can you handle this question? And 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 here's the question. Let me let me give you some background, Chris, on the, on the markets and stuff, and where people are. You know, back in 2008, almost 10 years ago. You take that person who's 50 years old, they're now 60. You take that person who's 60, now they're 70. The markets run up. We are, we're at the second longest bull market in the history. The longest is 113 months, and right now we're in month 101. So let me, you know, just, so this is an interesting question that, that, that uh, I ask people sometimes. You know, can you afford right now a 20% dip in your stock portfolio? Mm. Is your portfolio built so that if the market drops to a bear market, how far down are you going to go? What is going to be your downside capture of that readjustment? Not, big, saying how, that, not, not saying that one's there or around yeah. the corner, okay? But you can't, you know, in, in, in times like this when the market's gone up for a long time, people c- can tend to be complacent. And you need to make sure that your portfolio still has, you know, uh, some good mortar and steel supporting it if we do get a pullback. There will be a pullback from time to time. We just don't know when or where or what's going to be the trigger of it. 
But the important thing is when you do have that pullback, you have to look at the underpins of the economy. What is driving that pullback? Is it a circumstantially distressed situation or is it an economically distressed situation and the economy rolls over into a recession? Both things require you to react in a different manner. So. In any case, though, in any way, you, you have a way of stress testing people's portfolio. You do that with financial plans, correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. You take a look at the financial plan. You can stress test that. You can also stress test portfolios, you know, all different things. So a- absolutely you can, uh, with without a doubt. So, hey, give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's do an open mic Saturday. Any subject matter at all that you'd like to talk about, give us a call here. I'm live in the studio again, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back with more of Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buying confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved, and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage, 571-490-7117. Troy Turow and McLean Mortgage Corporations, NMLS number 5618 and 99665. For more information about how Larry and his team can help you, go to LarryRosenthal.com. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, here's a phone number for you to call right now, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Talk about anything related to the economy, your personal economy, or what's happening with your finances. I guess they're all kind of the same thing. But call Larry Rosenthal right now, again, 855-767-3123. You know, I had a great idea, Larry. We should have the Larry Rosenthal band, just sort of like the Tonight Show, you know, where you could just. <laughs> I do like the new music you're you playing. You know, you can just sit there and have them play in the background, and, you know, you just raise up your hand and do that. Well, I don't know how that would work on the radio, but still be kind of fun. I don't know. We got a good radio uh, uh, visual, right? There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that, Chris. Yeah. I like that. I like the tune you're coming up with. Pretty cool. Thank you, sir. Very good, very good. Well, we're in the middle of August, the dog days of August, right? What do you think is the most volatile stock market month? Hint, hint. 
August. August, followed by a rocky September and October usually is what happens. So uh, definitely, definitely, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a negative guy or anything like that, but August has been the most volatile month in the history of, of the stock market, you know, up and down. How about doggest? We'll call it doggest. Doggest, there you go. But, you know, when, when you look at stats like this, people, people, you know, freak out and they go, oh, no, what, what's the story? You know, it's August, volatility, then followed by September and October, oh, no. You know, when, when you have 12 months out of the year, there always has to be one month that's the best and one month that's the average and one month that's the worst, right? Mm-hmm. And when, when you start printing year after year after year after year of, of, of market returns, so, so it just plays out that way. So uh, it just so happens that August seems to be the most volatile month in, in the history of the markets. Does that mean we're going to see lots of volatility? Who knows? You know, but uh, the, you know, some of these stats come rolling out, especially now with the geopolitical issues that are happening. So people are like, see, see, look at this. <laughs> has nothing to do with it, people, okay? Nothing at all. Yeah, well, as you always like to say, well, how are the Redskins doing this year? We'll correlate that. If they're doing well, that means that you know, this stock is going to do well, right? I mean, yes, I actually brought that up in an investment meeting this past week in really? my office. Yes. <laughs> yes. How did that go? Huh? People laughed. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, you know, this is what's going to happen in the market if the Skins win this this year. And, okay. <laughs> Well, and hold on, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know. So um, yeah. let's, uh, no, let's. Not yet. Not yet. Here we, we, we'll get to those phones in just a minute. But if you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123 is the phone number. 855-ROSE-123. Give us a call at any time. Uh, you know that Bob took some vacation this week. I don't know how we how we arranged that. What was that all about? But, I don't know, Bob. You know, he's got to get uh, get some time, I guess. <laughs> Every once in a while. So, yes, we have a new screener in the back. Yeah. He's panicking now with the calls. So uh, <laughs> let's light him up and see what happens here. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's see how well he does. Uh, yeah, interesting. All right, well, let's, uh, is he ready? I, I think so. Put him on hold there. I'll tell you what, I'll put it on hold. Well, I won't. He's still talking to him. Give him a second longer. Again, if you'd like to dial in any questions that you have for Larry Rosenthal or 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, you can call at any time with any questions that you have. One other thing I wanted to ask you, Larry, is, is about your financial planning toolkit. We've talked a lot about that, and, and people who wanted to get a financial plan going for the first time, that's the way to start. Absolutely it is, Chris. We've handed out tens of thousands of these over the years, and they're free. There's no charge for them. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and just shoot us off an email. We'll be happy to send you out the financial planning toolkit. It's electronic or paper, uh, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and uh, it really sort of draws a line in the sand and, and it addresses the question, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And how will things need to be changed from there? And it really builds the foundation of a, of a good structure financial plan. So if you'd like to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit, be happy to uh, to send that out to you. Give the, give the show a call at 855-ROSE-123 if you'd like to, to do that as well. You know, so we used to do the email bag question, Chris, years ago. And a couple of months ago, I just started. started again, I yeah. started it up again. I've got a great email bag question today. Um, the callers there didn't want to get on the air. We'll send them out some information. Someone was calling asking about Social Security and things like that. But that happens to be one of the subjects that we're going to go over today is the taxation on Social Security in the bottom half of the show. Anyway, let's get into the email bag. You know, I get 
tons of questions each week. People people will call with with questions in the office, and we send them out information. You know, we really believe in financial education for people. So if you have questions during the week, give our office a call at eight five five Rose one two three, or you call the radio station the same number eight five five Rose one two three, or go to my website LarryRosenthal.com, dot com. Shoot us off an email; I'll be happy to get you the information. So anyway, I got an interesting question this week in the email bag. And it said, and, and it, it, you know, on the surface, it makes a lot of sense. But oh wow, what a, what a, what a what a what a way to look at the market, you know. And and the question was, hey, you know, if I find a stock that I really like, why would I not put most of my money into it? It seems to make a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, on the when, surface, maybe. Yeah, when when you say, you know, I've got okay, I've got all these stocks and mutual funds and ETFs and bonds and all kinds of things out there to choose from. But if I find one that's really, really doing well, why would I not load up on it is basically the premise of, of the question here. And, you know, so I started thinking about that, and I said, you know, it, it, you're talking about a concentrated portfolio and this, that, and the other and everything. But here's the problem with that, okay? I don't know what the, the, the uh, writer of the uh, email question means by, by should I put most of my money into it. You know, does that mean you should put 90% of your money into it, 60% of your money? What, what, is it, what are they talking about? They didn't really go on to say. So I did a little research here, and of the 24 stocks in 2016 in the S&P 500, gained 45% last year. Okay? That's pretty good, right? 2016, yeah, 24 yeah. stocks in the S&P 500 gained 45%. But this year, 10 of those stocks are actually negative through the end of July. Hmm. That's the reason why you don't want to put most of your money in one stock position. Make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the stocks, when, when you look at buying a, a mutual fund or an ETF, it's filled with Dozens and dozens, hundreds and hundreds of these stocks. So one year a stock might be up 45%. The next year might be down, you know, 15%. So over the course of the two years, you're going to end up getting that average return right there. But what happens if that stock stays out of favor for three or four years? Well, in the, the advantage of a mutual fund or an ETF is now you have other stocks to pull it along. So on one sense, the disadvantage of a mutual fund or an ETF is you're going to get the broad average of the basket of stocks that are inside there versus hand-selecting, pulling the needle out of the haystack and saying, okay, this year I'm going to go with stock A, next year I'm going to go with stock B, next year stock C, and end up getting right every single year. Then your portfolio would just be phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, nobody can do that, right? <laughs> not very often, that's for sure. Not at all, not at all. So, So let's take this a little bit further here. And talk about a concentrated portfolio and what I mean by that. If if you like, if you're convicted in an area, like suppose you like healthcare or technology or real estate or whatever sector of the economy that you like, there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, I'm going to overweight a little there. You see people on television talking about, well, we're overweight in tech, we're underweight in financials, you know, that type of stuff. You can simply say, you know, look, let's build a core portfolio. 
and you have core holdings, you know, some simple things like, you know, baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet type stuff, right, where you very rarely will will trade those in and out. They, they usually stay, stay in your portfolio as core holdings. And then you can say, you know, due to the economy, the demographics, what I see going on in housing and interest rates and blah, 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 I like, you know, XYZ sector. Let's just pick on technology. I like technology. So now you might want to overweight a little bit there. You might want to buy a couple of individual tech stocks whether they're large or small companies, and you might want to buy an ETF in the tech space, that type of thing, so you can overweight in asset classes. That's easy to do. You see what I mean? So so yeah. there, there's different ways that you can do that, and you go back and you look at historical performances in, in like type of economies and see who led and what didn't and all that type of stuff. But, but there's ways that you can do a concentrated portfolio with asset classes or individual stocks. So I just wanted to bring that to, to the point here because a lot of people – I had somebody the other day ask me, you know, what's my coverage on FANG? And I'm like, okay, well, so they they, they want to know what's going on with Facebook, um, uh, Apple, Netflix, yeah. and Google, right? Fang. Fang. Okay. Yeah. So so you know so I'm breaking down their ETFs and different things and showing them, but you know a lot of people you know they 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 hear these buzzwords and they think it's pretty neat, uh, but when you get over concentrated in one area, it could really come back and hurt you very, very bad. Is that a new thing? Because I haven't. I'm probably. I'm just out of uh, out of touch here. But Fang is something. Is this a new? Like Brick used to be. Yeah, uh, Brazil, <laughs> Russia, India, and China. Now it's Fang, and, and there's all kinds of these out there. You know, <laughs> all that. kinds of them. So. We we need to come up with one, Chris. I'm going to find a basket of stocks, and we're going to call it Chris. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. I will do that. That's what we're going to do. Now, we're introducing a new investment next week. It's called The Chris. <laughs> well, let's hope it does well, whatever you introduce. It better. <laughs> or I'm in trouble, right? Yes, 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 exactly. We're going to have to bring Wava's listening audience over to your house for a cook-off. Right? There's one we can do. We should do the Wava, the Wava bunch, you know. We could probably do that. Yeah. I know I, I used to look at a lot of these different sectors, and I would think, you know, wow, I love this area, and I really want to invest in this area. But the reality is investing in the areas you love may not necessarily bring you money. Sometimes you just have to do your research across the, across the board. Like well, you, you do. You want, to look at, you want to look at money flows. You know, like if you take a look at the, the money flows that are coming into domestic stocks versus international stocks right now for the first time in about nine years – more money's going internationally than it is domestically right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so so take a look at it all. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Keep the phone lines open. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Reach me live here in the studio. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, 
the drug addict. Mm. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, here's the phone number, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. We're to talk to Larry Rosenthal our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Larry. Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Arnita on the line. Good morning, Arnita. How are you today? Am I talking to the great Larry Rosenthal? Oh, I like it. I like it. The great. <laughs> I don't know about that. Not, How about Larry the Great? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? How can I help you? I'm- well, I I was uh, I had a question about my TSP and Roth IRA accounts, which I do have, but I don't know anything about how to maneuver the monies, and I, I'm I'm I don't know anything about it. Is there anything that you can help me with, or? Sure. Are you talking about the reasons why you would want to rebalance and move the money around, or just the functionality of how to go about doing those transactions? Yes. How the functionality of how to do it. I mean, I know I can, you know, just push a button and do whatever, but I don't know what is making money for me and what is not. Well, now, now, okay, so the, the, there's two things here. One is go online to the TSP and you can rebalance your portfolios in, in, in there. You know, the thing about the TSP is it's a great investment vehicle to save money. But it does have limitations as far as asset classes go. It has the CGFS and I funds, and then the L cycle funds, which is a combination of them. So here's the story on the on, and, and it's very inexpensive, by the way. And and so here's the story on the on the TSP. The C fund is the S and P 500. The S fund is a small company stock index. The I fund is international. Uh, but but when you take a look at like international, that that denotes lots of different definitions to people. Some people think, well, it could be emerging markets, it could just be developed markets. So you have to really take a look at it right there and and understand the breakdown of it. You may or may not be investing in certain places that you think you are. The F fund and the G fund is guaranteed and, and government bonds, and so those are your only five choices there. So. Like if you said, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm very interested in healthcare or technology, you don't have like a sector in the TSP that you can go into there. You're just going to have these five broad categories there. And so it's more of a time-based investment portfolio, Arnita. Okay. What I mean by that is how long in the future until you want to start withdrawing money back to live off of, you know that's going to determine where you're going to be investing the money in the TSP, basically. So, you know, what what is your time frame as far as uh, length goes until you want to retire and then start pulling money back? Well, I want to retire now, but I don't have enough yeah. money in there in order to do that. Um, okay. I so, also opened up in a Roth IRA a few years ago, 
and I would like for that to be growing as well. So I just wanted some tips on that. I just I don't know how to, uh, like you said, move the money around and, and, and stuff, especially the Roth IRA. I, I definitely don't know. Sure. So what we need to do is we need to sit down with you and show you your, your investment choices, teach you about what's inside the TSP, the purpose of the different investments there, and then take your Roth IRA and coordinate it, sort of make it wrap around the TSP so that you have you know allocation and that you're investing in the right places for your objectives, your risk tolerance, and what's going on in the economy and the markets right now. So basic, just need some basic asset allocation things. And and. Um, where do you get education on that? Boy, there's all different types of places that you can look at. You can start off with, with um, you know, the difference between cash, stocks, and bonds. You can start off with large cap, small cap, you know, international, different mid cap, different things like that. But if you like, I'll go ahead and we'll put you on hold, and I'll, I'll get you out our financial planning toolkit, and I'll have somebody give you a ring next week, and they can sit down with you and go over your situation in much more detail to make sure that your investments are in line with your time horizon and your income needs one day when you do the pull the retirement trigger. Okay? Okay. I appreciate, I appreciate the it. phone call. Yep, absolutely. Have a great weekend. Let me put you on hold there. If you listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or estate or retirement or tax questions, whatever it is that you have for us this morning, give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. You know, Chris, one of the biggest problems that people have in financial planning is, believe it or not, it's neglecting their estates. Most people are focused so much on the accumulation of, of their assets, which rightfully so. You know what? We get out of school, high school, college, whatever it is. We get a job. We start paying bills. We start trying to figure out how to live, how to have fun. We get married. We have kids. We want, we want toys. We want you know all different types of things, houses, mortgages, college funding, and then wham, retirement planning, right? And then all of a sudden, so everybody's always focused on the first stage of financial planning, which is accumulation. Remember, there's three stages to financial planning. There's accumulation, distribution, and then legacy planning. And legacy planning, the failure of it, I would say, it, people neglect that the, this stage, the third stage, is, is the most common mistakes there are that people fail to neglect it. In other words, they don't have their beneficiaries filled out correctly. Yeah. People, people pass away. People have new grandchildren. People get divorced. You know, all different types of things. People do not update their beneficiary forms. People don't understand the purpose and the functionality of a of a simple will, a pour over will, a revocable living trust, a charitable trust. People don't understand how to leave money behind. Lots of times, people will say, "Well, I'm just going to leave this account here to my." to my oldest child, and then he or she's going to div uh, div um, divide it up amongst the other siblings and grandkids. Mm. It doesn't necessarily work that way a lot of times, especially if it's retirement plan dollars mm -hmm. because massive taxes come into play. And and so people oftentimes, they, they, they you know, the, my industry says, well, people neglect their estate plans. No, people... People are like deer in the headlights when it comes to estate planning. They don't understand the sim simplicity of it. They make it so complicated. But, but, but then again, the rules of it all are very complicated, mm -hmm. and people want it to be simple. It's, it's very interesting how that – it's diametrically opposed there. So, so people need to understand the rules of how to 
do their financial planning when it comes to their estate planning and, and legacy planning. So the legacy piece of it, that's where a lot of the wealth is built over the years and generations, isn't it, by just passing that from legacy to, you know, building and building and building. If you if you don't leave some things for the next generation, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of a, a it's a negative thing because you should be able to leave your imprint, I think, on your on, on your family in some way, shape. Or well, way. I would agree, Chris, but everybody has different opinions on that. Really? You know, some people say, you know what, I'm 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 going to take care of myself. I'm not worried about leaving anything or I don't want to leave anything. And, and people have all different scenarios with, with, with leaving uh, uh, assets behind. There's no right or wrong way. Okay, there's there's really no right or wrong way when you do it. And equal is not always fair when you leave assets behind. You know, one of the one of the common things that I see people uh, people do, which is which is always a very good conversation. And I and I love this and I see people doing this a lot. And, and one of the one of the scenarios is, you know, if 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 you're let's suppose you're helping out one of your children and uh, financially, um, you know, they're they're middle aged, and you're helping them out. And you ha- you have another child that that don't that doesn't need any help. A lot of times, parents then at that particular point are put themselves in a quandary because they go, well, you know, I've I've already helped out, you know, so and so. When I die, shouldn't the other person get more money to equalize or level out the estate? It may not be fair in a way. Right. So so there's lots of different, you know, things that people feel guilty about when it comes to all of this. But but neglecting their estate plans is is just lack of education on it all. We're going to be rolling out some estate planning classes later this this fall after after we get through, you know, the dog days of summer here, Chris, <laughs> um, on on estate planning and stuff like that. We'll have an estate attorney come in and speak and different things like that. So stay tuned for those announcements. You know, I'm um, just going to ask you, Larry, on the same subject, on the same uh, same vein in a spiritual aspect. I know you do a lot of seminar seminars for churches and such. When you think about legacy planning from a spiritual point of view, what are your responsibilities as a parent when it comes to teaching your children how to handle money and how to be able to take maybe even the the resources which you give them, kind of like the parable of the talents, and how do you make that uh, sort of a priority for your children going forward? Well, Chris, the Bible's pretty clear. Raise a child up in the way he should go, and he will not deviate from it when he gets older, you know, so, so... when it, really when it comes important. to managing money, you know, boy, the the Bible speaks volumes about about money. The Bible mentions money over twenty three hundred and fifty times. You know, in Hebrews thirteen five, it says, "Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you.'" And a lot of people will put their their trust in money. And that's just a tool that can be used in a negative way or a positive way, uh, you know, in, in God's kingdom. You know, and, and when you when you take a look at the responsibility of money is what your question is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to teach people who owns the money. What's the purpose of it? Why do you have it? You know, is the purpose of it for you to hoard? No. Is the purpose of it for you to save for the future? Yes, some of that too. But also we need to be willing and ready to distribute giving freely. You know, God likes a cheerful giver, you know. So so pound the money back into to gifts and tithing and missions and, and all that to help help finance all that. It's funny because God doesn't need our money, but yet no. at the same time, we need to help pay for things for mission trips and, and, and Bibles and different things like that. So have a good understanding. So the answer to the question is, you know, 
teach your children who's, you know, where does the money come from? It's very clear. Right. The Bible talks about God gives us our talents and our abilities to go out and earn a living. You yeah, know? it's possible to bury that, isn't it? To hold it too tight and bury those things in the ground like they talk about in the parable of the talents and then miss that, out. That's exactly right. So, so you know, it's a very interesting subject, you know, and, and we do talk a lot about that in churches. When I go into churches and I teach the Bible-based money management class that I have, and I've done this many, many times over the years, and it's a lot of fun. Hey, if you'd like to uh, to reach out and, and have me come by your church and, and, and teach a, a day class or, or a, a series of classes on uh, Bible-based money management, the way that we do it is this, is and it's very unique in how we do it. So we believe that, that there's God's economy and man's economy, okay? Man's economy says, hey, he or she who dies with the most toys wins, right? But here's the, dish, the, the issue that we have. Is that, is that you know God has given us the ability to go out and earn a living, and and He provides us with resources and real estate and cars and money and four hundred one k plans and all different types of things like that, right? But then we have to just like our caller this morning. She's saying, well, how do I invest it? Where do I put the money? We have to understand where to put these resources that the Lord's given us in man's tools. In other words, what's the difference between a non-deductible IRA and a Roth IRA? What's the difference between a closed-end mutual fund and an open-ended mutual fund? How will they both serve and work in my portfolio? So so those are the different things that we'll teach, is, is we'll, we'll talk about the differences between man's economy and God's economy and give lessons and education on, on how these things work, you know, on... on what type of mutual funds you should be looking at or ETFs and to break down the difference and all different types of things. So be happy to do that. If, if anybody's interested, just give us a call or, or go to my website, shoot me off an email. I'll be happy to come out to your church and do a Bible-based money management class. Hey, we're going to keep the phone lines open. Let's take a quick break here. We're up on a break right now. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Reach me live in the studio. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Here's a phone number for you to dial right now if you'd like to talk to our financial and retirement expert here in studio. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Talk to Larry Rosenthal. 
is talking all about your finances and can help you and direct you in a way to get started and maybe move forward there. 855-767-3123. Larry. Sure, Chris. We want to talk a little bit about Social Security today, and this subject always comes up, always comes up, right? Is it going to be there? Yep. The can of worms. What's going to happen? Is it going to be there? Blah, blah, blah. Well, we're not going to get on the soapbox and talk about is it going to be there or anything like that. I believe it will be in some shape, manner, form, or the other. Anyway, that's another story. But (laughs) I want to take a look at at the taxation of Social Security. Mm. And this is where a lot of people don't understand. They get confused. But it's but it's basically you know how much is your income and and there's a formula when it comes to the taxation of Social Security it's called MAGI M A G I modified adjusted gross income okay so if you're married filing jointly and your modified adjusted gross income exceeds forty four thousand dollars then eighty five percent of your Social Security income will be taxed now I didn't say they're taxing your Social Security at 85%, did I? No. No. 85% of your Social Security is going to be taxed at whatever tax bracket you drop into. Explain that when you drop into. Does that mean the money you were making at the time you retired? or? Yeah, so like if you happen to be in a 25% tax bracket or a 28% tax bracket, then 85% of your Social Security check will be taxed at that tax bracket, your marginal tax rate that you're in. Okay. Now, but when you retire, your tax bracket could go up or it could go down depending on how much you take in distribution. Is that? Yeah, your your income taxes is based off of what your income is. So you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> which is distribution most of the time when you're in. Yeah, retirement. it could be. It's well. First of all, the Magi formula for most people is it's your adjusted gross income, which is your distributions that you're talking about. So it's your adjusted gross income plus tax-exempt interest income. Oh, okay. Okay, plus one half of your Social Security benefit. So that's how they get you. So, so, you know, you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I've got money in municipal bonds. I'm good. It's tax-free. Uh, I, I love that, yada, yada, yada. But tax-exempt interest income counts against you when they're doing the calculation to see if you should be taxed on your Social Security income or not. Ooh, Yes. That's a little gotcha. Yes, plus one half of your Social Security benefit. So if you're receiving a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars a month in Social Security, a thousand of that goes against you to build the tax the tax case against you. Mm-hmm. So bottom line is this: according to your modified adjusted gross income, which includes your adjusted gross income plus tax exempt interest from either municipal or treasury bonds plus one half of your Social Security income, if your income married filing jointly exceeds 44000 then you'll pay tax on 85% of your Social Security tax, uh, a Social Security check. Wow. So things like Roth IRAs and all of that, if they've generated income, that's all entered into this. No, 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 no. Roth IRA is not in this formula. It's only adjusted gross income, which Roth IRA is exempt from, Tax-exempt interest income, which Roth IRA does not count, and one half of your Social Security check. So there's a big advantage there for Roth. Yeah. For Roth, exactly. That's exactly right. So, so you know, it's it's uh, you know, Roth income is tax-free income once the account is seasoned versus tax-exempt interest from bonds. Okay. Gotcha. Two different scenarios right there. But this people get a people get very confused on this and. 
Uh, you know, so so there is that. But but what I wanted to talk about also was states are starting to do this now. This is just federal tax, but now there's 13 states across the union that are actually starting to tax Social Security benefits. Let me guess. New York is one of them, right? Uh, actually, New York is not one of them. They tax everything else, I guess, so they're going to give you a break. There on you that go. One. Yep. Yeah. They're taxing everything else, right? <laughs> not at all. Virginia, Maryland, uh, you know, not one of them at all. Woo-hoo. So so that, that that's good. good you know, West Virginia is one, though. Mm-hmm. West Virginia will put a state tax on Social Security benefits. But remember, you know, when when people are trying to figure out where to move to based off of taxes and retirement, you know, one state has this type of tax, another state doesn't, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, most state governments are working off the same income and expenses. They've got to do, you know, all, all they've got to provide all the services that we as citizens want. And so they may tax you in this way where another state may not. And at the end of the day, they're going to they have to generate revenue one way or the other. How are we going to develop our own little tax? I mean, there's like five cent taxes on uh, on plastic bags and stuff in the district and in Maryland. We've got to come up with a tax where you and I can make a little extra money. What do you think? (laughs) What do you want to go start a country? Well, maybe I was thinking with all I was thinking with all the cars in D.C., maybe we just – I don't really want a lot, Larry. Maybe 25 cents a car as it comes through those gates, you know. Wouldn't that well, be Well, wait, wait. Watch what happens here with these easy passes over years. I know. One of the easiest ways to uh, to generate revenue. Yeah. You know, people have talked about having, you know, easy passes spring up all over the nation, which they are doing, but even on more roads in areas. And maybe it just costs a dime each day, you know. To and from, so it's 20, 20 cents a day. Well, Think about how many cars go by. Zillions in the D.C. area, for sure. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, you know, I, I mean, it's it's nothing to see, you know, two, 300,000 cars back and forth, you know, across the Beltway each day. I don't know. I can't imagine. It's probably even more. Yeah, I would imagine. It's a lot of cars. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, so when you're when you're looking at your your retirement income scenario, and you're and you're running your financial plans. Make sure that the software is up to date. That it includes this. Now, any professional software that you're using includes this. But a lot of times, people that are doing it themselves on their Excel spreadsheets neglect this, or they don't understand the MAGI modified adjusted gross income formula, which is a little different than other ones when it goes to the taxation of your Social Security. So please make sure you understand that, because at the end of the day, the net dollars. Here's the the scenario: you have your gross rate of return minus taxes, inflation, and investment fees. That's the net dollar that you and I get to spend at the grocery store during our retirement years, and you always need to be focused on net planning. I talk to clients all the time about net planning, net planning. It doesn't matter what our gross is. Well, yeah, it does, but we always bring it down to net after tax, net after inflation, net after fees. That's the dollar that you get to spend. You should be working with your financial advisor talking about net planning. What's the net to my heirs if I were to die? What's going to happen the net to my spouse? What's my net income when I start pulling money out down the road? So lots of different scenarios right there. Let's welcome Phil on the line. Good morning, Phil. How are you today? Oh, fine. Thank you, Larry. We love you and the Dina when you guys come on radio and inform us all kinds of good stuff. Oh, good. Well, I appreciate that. How can I help you, sir? Yeah, plus I'm a client. So I got a question for you. My brother-in-law lost his wife in May to cancer, and she was close to 62, and prior to that, she was getting disability pay. Now, he he turned 67, and last October, he started to collect his Social Security. 
Now, we learned that he's eligible for survivor benefits, which would be about $1,200, $1,300 on the wife's Social Security. The question is, should he turn all the money he collected since October to the present and start survivor benefit plan? Could you speak on that, please? I'm, I'm sorry. What was the question again, Phil? The question is, my uh, my sister-in-law passed away in May, and my brother-in-law started to collect his Social Security in October of last year. And it hasn't been one year yet, so they said he could return all that money, and he can start collecting on survivor benefit on his wife's Social Security, which would be about 1200 or so. That's what I didn't understand. Said so You said that they said he could return all the money that she was paid, and then he can take his and the survivor benefit? Right. And meanwhile, his money will accumulate until he turns 70. Correct. Yes. So, so that is correct on, on what you're saying. So it's basically a math formula of his income versus expenses between now and 70. Okay. Is there some person or some place you recommend where we can go? Yes, Phil. We actually have we actually have some software in our yeah we have some software in our office that can put that scenario in uh, for you and take a good look at it. Okay, great. Yep, we can we can go we can go ahead and do that for you. But yes, so so at the end of the day here, the the math is is it better for him to pay that back? Let his grow until 70. Can he live off of the survivor benefit? First of all, I'm sorry to hear about, about his wife. My, my condolences there. Okay. Thank you. Um, is is, yep. is you the math it. better that's for that's him to do question. that, or is the math better for him just to say, you know what, I, I need mine now, and I'm going to go ahead and take mine, because we have to do the break-even point on right. between 67, I think you said he was, and 70. Versus Correct. living off of the survivor benefit versus forgetting the survivor benefit and just continuing to take his now, what the break-even point is. And it's probably going to be age, you know, 76, 77, something like that. We'll have to do the math and see um, and then lay all that out in front of them to make the decision. But, yes, we can we can go ahead and do that. Let me put you on hold, and we'll circle back with you next week. Okay. Uh, Josh, Josh will get your, your, your information there, and we'll circle back with you next week and get that formula done for you, okay? Thank you so much, Larry. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We have a few minutes left in the show. Go ahead and give us a call if you want to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit. There's no charge for that. We talked a little bit about estate planning today, how people fail to neglect, or if people don't fail, people neglect to fail. <laughs> people neglect their estate planning sometimes, therefore failing their heirs a little bit. There you go. I'll get it out one way or the other, Chris. Um, you know, I never heard before, just to kind of follow up on Phil's call, I, I didn't know about survivor benefits. That's something new to me. I, I guess they're there, <laughs> clearly. But well, Chris, each day that you read the internet, make sure you read the Social Security <laughs> government website because okay? the internet's always right. Yeah, no, there I, you go, there you go. No, but he's he is correct. There's there's so many different nuances wow. in in Social Security. 
we teach a class. We have a social security class that we teach as well. So, you know, there's a good one. Yep. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So um, anyway, give us a ring here. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Go visit my website if you like and shoot me off an email and get your question answered on the air in our email bag that we do each week now. Wanted to talk a little bit today about the differences between ETFs and mutual funds as well as um, do you have enough life insurance, but there's just not quite enough time left in the show this morning to do that. So let's just kill a couple of minutes here, Chris. And, well, uh, it's interesting. We do have a little time to talk about the difference between ETFs and mutual funds because I I know that there's one that's managed, right, that's actively managed, and that's the mutual fund. Is that how that works? Yeah, there are mutual funds that are passively and actively managed, and there's ETFs that are mainly passively managed. You're buying the index, although now they're coming out with what they call smart beta funds where you're getting a little bit of active management inside the mutual fund. And they're just calling it a – I'm sorry, inside the ETF. They're just calling it an ETF because is it still the – I mean, it's kind of almost like a mutual fund, isn't it? I well, mean, kind of, but not quite. Okay. You know, kind of, but not quite, right? Okay. So, so you know, but no, an ETF is an ETF. And, and the, the, while mutual funds still dominate the industry, okay – um, with with money in them, ETFs are becoming more and more popular all the time. Okay, there there's at the end of 2016, there's about two and a half trillion dollars in in about 1,700 different ETFs. And that's about 15 percent of the money invested in mutual funds. Okay, so so ETFs are are, are growing. They're a good in, uh, uh, investment product, they act a little different than mutual funds. For example, they can trade intraday, so you can sell your ETF at 11 in the morning and uh. somebody will buy it at 11 in the morning, whereas if you sold your mutual fund shares, the mutual fund company would redeem those shares back from you at the close of business. So when we see market volatility, when the market goes up and down a lot you know, in, 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 in quick moves, you'll see the spread difference in an ETF react much more so than in a mutual fund. Are there so, still hidden fees possible in, a, in an ETF? Well, there's really nothing hidden about them. It's, it's in the prospectus. And, and, yes, so there's an expense ratio. So the so the so just like in a mutual fund, the manufacturer of the mutual fund charges an expense ratio. Let's say it's 0.3, three-tenths of 1%. And in an ETF, you know, it might be 0.25 or it might be 0.4. just depends on which one you're, you're, you're getting. So the product manufacturer, they have to make money because they've got to register it and do the research and, and manage it and all that stuff. So, yeah, so there's a, a hidden fee that doesn't show up on your statement, but it is there. It's in the prospectus. So you always look at the prospectus to see what it is. And, and when you look at the expenses, that's one of the things that you will sort of screen against when you're looking, you know, you might you might see one ETF that has an expense ratio, let's say, of 0.5 and another one at 0.35. And you go, oh, well, the one at 0.35 is so much better because it's cheaper. Well, you know, in ETFs, because they so, because they are new, some of them can be what's called thinly traded. In other words, there's maybe in the first ETF, as an example, there's lots of volume. If you ever want to get out of them, you never have to worry about it. Whereas in another one, it might be thinly traded, and therefore you're going to have to get uh, – you, you may end up getting a, a big drop in prices if you need to get out of it very quickly. So, gotcha. So there's lots involved in all of that. We'll be talking about it a little bit next week. We can just use this as a teaser, the difference between ETFs and mutual funds. What is the difference? And there is a lot of differences, and they both – 
have pros and cons associated with them, sort of product diversification. So, well, listen, for Josh in the back, I appreciate you coming in today, Josh. And for Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll see Bob back in the studio next week after his worldwide vacation tour <laughs> is over with, right? That's right. And I uh, appreciate all the phone calls. Go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, for our latest news and things. And give us a call during the week at 855-ROSE-123. We'll be back next week with a